What's the one thing all great teams have in common? Great coaching. Try to suck up to me, Evelyn. I'm Gordon Bombay, the new hockey coach. All right, let's go! Learn me! Come on! We're Team USA, gathered from all across America. And we're going to stick together. You know why? Because we are ducks, and ducks fly together. It's the Quack Attack Podcast. Hey, everybody. Make them make the first move. I'm Mike. Tommy's not here. That's Kevin. What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Quack Attack Podcast, the definitive Mighty Ducks podcast. Tommy has his anniversary today. Allegedly. Allegedly. It really shows what his priorities are and how they're out of whack. But what an asshole. I know. We are uh, We are going with the two-man crew, which is fine. I feel like we can get it done. Uh, before we do, though... Uh, Thanks to everybody who uh, is buying stuff on Amazon. It's, it's it's coming through. It's interesting stuff you guys are buying. <laughs> but uh, it's helping, and it doesn't cost you anything, so appreciate it. Click through the link there. It will be on the show notes again, but you can bookmark it. Both sides will work. And uh, before we move on, I believe, Kevin, the last time we checked your kin token, it was at $84. Do we have an update? Uh, we do. Uh, not a good week. Uh, oh, no. It's down to $54. $54. Yeah. <laughs> what happens if it gets to zero? I honestly have no idea. I, I, nothing, I guess. I mean, I guess theoretically people could start trading it again. I don't really oh, know. Oh, yeah. I guess, yeah I it's not like a business up. that like just runs out of money. It's like, yeah, I don't know. Well... Maybe it'll rebound here. I hear it's very volatile. So yeah, it's it's uh, just hasn't been a good couple of months. So no, yeah. So the other thing is, I was reading through some of the the survey comments that you guys left. Thanks to everybody who did the survey. Apparently, people would like a video podcast. So we're gonna try to figure that out. If you did not put that you would like a video comment or podcast in the comments, tell us your thoughts. They obviously want to see more of my face. Uh, so, I mean, apparently. Sense. Yeah, I mean, you are you did get modeling tips. So. Yes, that's true. Yeah, I wonder what people who didn't watch the Turkey Lake Challenge think we look like. Yeah, it's a good question. That is a good question. So we should have the, people should draw, draw us and submit <laughs> them. Yeah, I would like that. Yeah. Yeah, well, we might make the best one our uh, Twitter photo or something. Yeah, who knows? I like that. All right, yeah, it's another contest for the Quack Lights here. Let's go on. Usually we have Tommy introduce it, but Tommy's not here, so I'll just introduce it. We have finally reached the D3 novelization. We did the D1 and the D2 novelizations, like, like I don't know, three weeks ago, two weeks ago, and then we had some stuff pop up. We had Deadspin trashing the Mighty Ducks. We had Ryan Weatherspoon, which people seem to enjoy him. That was a really good episode. It was. I, it I was, enjoyed uh, his guest spot on that yeah it was very enjoyable so go back and listen to that one that's our last one episode 155 but we get come back here with the d3 novelization and if you're unfamiliar there were books written about the mighty ducks movies they are novels and they came out around the same time it's very unclear whether these were part of the movie, if they were like sanctioned or they just were sold these rights to somebody, but the D2 novelization went kind of off the rails. So listen to that episode. And you can listen to the D1 novelization as well. That one sticks more to the point. But 
We are going through them, breaking them down, seeing what happens that's different. And we start D3 with a whole scene that is not shown in the movies. I'm really excited about this because uh, I know properly that D3 is the best of the of the movies. So I am very curious to see what the novelization has in store. All right. I feel like I feel like the fans are very intrigued as well. I will say that if you want to read these novelizations, I stole them from queertet.com, I believe. And or it might be .net. I'll put it in the show notes anyway, but basically that somebody there wrote word for word the novelizations just as like a service. So, shout out to that person who did it like 10 years ago. But we start D three. We start. I feel D3. like we should. Get, do we know who that is? Like, we, I, feel I like think we there's like a name. There's like a first down. name. I, I'm sure I could figure it out if I emailed the person from the site. But the site is really sort of dormant. I want to. I want to speak with that person just to 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 know why. Why they did it? Yeah. I mean, the reasoning listed was that they people couldn't find them anywhere, so they just did it as a service. Well, that was nice. Yeah, very nice. Very nice. It, it prevented us from purchasing the books for like $5. And we have had people uh, confirm that these are the correct, this is the correct novel. There's nothing changed there. So uh, thank you to the Quacklights who did that a while ago. So we start with D3 with Charlie waking up from a dream of him playing professional hockey uh, it just sort of sets up the background on him, gives him like it gives like a previously on sort of deal. Uh, they have a nice description of Bombay. The guy was a shark in an Armani suit. He was all business. Shoot first, ask questions later. Uh, then we go on. Charlie wakes up. He's walking around the apartment. His mom's doing the dishes. And then it says hockey was big business in Minnesota and had been a long time since the Eden Hall Warriors had won a junior varsity championship banner. This to me is interesting because they've won 10 straight state championships, but their JV team apparently hasn't won a JV championship banner in a long time. So How does that, how does that make sense? It doesn't. I mean, unless every time a talented player comes in, he immediately goes to varsity, but I mean, yeah. even that doesn't make sense. Yeah, you would figure they were so deep that the JV team would be as good as like a varsity team. But. And also like I don't know uh if it works like this for hockey I would imagine it would, but like in high in in uh when I played high school basketball there there would always be like a couple varsity guys that kind of like floated between the yeah. teams. Um so you'd figure there'd be enough of that for them to be a pretty good JV team. Yeah. Maybe they were just uh, snake bitten. Who knows. But they had a, I'm not even sure there is like a JV championship in most situations but apparently there is here so they go and then bombay comes and he gives the word that he's not coaching charlie gets sad and he says so you're doing me a big favor by walking out he scoffed bitterly my dad did the same thing i'm not your father charlie i'm me and i'll always be here for you gordon smiled sincerely and threw an arm around charlie's shoulder so obviously some some deep-seated father issues for yeah, Charlie. Yeah, hitting that pretty heavy. Yeah, for sure. So they go, they cut away, and we meet Angela Delaney, the faculty representative at Eden Hall, and she picks up Dwayne, and then they go to pick up Russ at the airport. They're, Dwayne's at the airport as well. 
uh, Russ apparently stole a rental headset and then the guy asked for it back and he was just like, no. And then that was sort of the scene. Uh, they pick up Louise, who was making out a, with a girl he met on the plane. Classic Louise. I know. They pick up Gaffney. They pick up Woo. Uh, Woo. Wait, wait. Okay, I guess all of these, all, all of them make sense to be picked up from the airport, right? Correct, okay. yeah. <laughs> these are all the new ducks from D2. So Woo, like, runs through the airport and does, like, a figure skating twist and, and everyone cheers. Classic Kenny Woo. Yeah, and then... Angela is like, I guess you guys are pretty pumped, huh? And then it says, as if on cue, they broke out into a chant. Quack, quack, quack. It's like early quacking. Wow. I and mean, I, I, I'm always of the mind that you should quack as early and often as possible. That's true. That's true. You have started many a uh, bar quacks. I, I have, I have. To varying degrees of success. It's very varying degrees <laughs> of success. It is fun when it, when it gets going, though. Yeah. So, yeah, try it if you're out there. Try it at the next public gathering and yeah. see what happens. It, it works best if we're, like, at a bar with people around our age. Yeah. You know, if it's, like, a bunch of 40-year-olds, 50-year-olds, like, we're not going to have much success. But if we got people in their late 20s, early 30s, I think that's a that's the sweet spot. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. That's sort of the demo. Yeah. So, back to the novelization here. So, we cut away after... Woo does his little thing. We go to Charlie and Fulton in the alley. Charles picking Fulton up. And then they talk about how Portman's not coming. And then it says, quote, a moment later, Gary Goldberg tiptoed into the alley on rollerblades. He was holding his head and moaning. So they changed Goldberg's name from the first two to this one to Gary. Why? I don't know. It's it's the same writer, too, isn't it? Yeah, it's the exact same writer. What? We have to get this guy on. <laughs> Do you think he just like forgot his name and then just like just like didn't even bother looking it up? Do you think this was like an afterthought thing that he was doing? Yeah, I do, I think he just didn't care. He was just he was just cranking these out. He's just cranking these movie novelizations out, and he's like, oh shit, I forgot Goldberg's name. I need to make one up for him. So yeah, they meet up with hmm. Connie Gee and Averman. Connie and Gee and are are arguing at this point. So uh, more credence to the. Kevin theory that Connie and Gee are just not sort of meant for each other. Dysfunctional. Yeah. So they pick up Banks. They make fun of him for being nicely dressed. And then we uh, cut back to Russ, Julie, and Wu. They're talking about Eden Hall, how it's full of rich kids. They come upon a protest demeaning of the uh, demeaning warrior name. Is this like a legitimate protest or is this like technically that happened in the film too, but it was like a petition protest? No, these people are like marching and stuff like that. So Luis... How many people? I don't think it says. If it did say, I did not write it down. Uh, Luis steps in and he said, he stepped forward and declared earnestly, but I'm willing to change. He sidled up to her and drew and peered down into her eyes. This is like the leader of the protest, apparently. And then he says, as a minority myself, I'm deeply sensitive to your plight. Perhaps you and I can get together later and discuss your worldview. Classic Luis. Luis, Man, he's, he's smooth. Yeah. Luis really goes hard in the novelization, more, even more so than the film. So, so this isn't Charlie's girl? I don't think so. It might be. It might be. I, I believe it's not, though. So she shuts Luis down, 
Uh, we cut back to Charlie, and they're all like roller skating at this point. And the reason they're late, Averman apparently since he knows there's a shortcut, and then they go on the shortcut, then they have to come back because it's not really a shortcut. So that's why they're late to that whole assembly there. So do, is, is there still the, uh, hi, we're the ducks? Yes, okay. yes. But that is the reason they have to sneak in the back. Gotcha. Uh, so we go back to the assembly, and we learn Riley's first name. The captain is Rick. Cole's first His name, name is Rick Riley. Yes. That's great. Yes. And then Cole's last name. Cole is apparently a first name. 31-year-old Cole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. We figured that out last uh, last episode that uh, Michael Cudlitz, who played Cole, was 31 at the time he played That's a amazing. high schooler. So Cole's last name is Sutherland. And then Mindy, the head cheerleader, who we had on the pod a while ago, who actually gave Kevin the aforementioned modeling tips, her last name is is Pinkerton, and then Scooter, the goalie's real name, is Scott Vanderbilt. So we so learned about Scott. He, he just went with his real first name. <laughs> yeah, played by Scott White in the films. It's amazing. His real name, according to the novelization, is Scott Vanderbilt. Uh, that, that's a lot of, uh, like, none of them are Smith or anything like that. Like they're, they're all, like, very unique names yeah other than know? rick riley really yeah i guess yeah the good work good work after uh messing up goldberg's name so they're at the assembly ducks walk by rick steps in front of russ and says you don't belong here we don't need you ruining our good name i'll give you a new name said russ pleasantly otto rick was momentarily confused otto he repeated yeah, explained Rush as he puts his face up into Rick's, like, out of my face before I knock you into the next grade. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Russ, Russ is getting angry early. That It's weird because that's not really Russ's MO. He's like, he's more funny than, like, confrontational. Yeah, just uh, very clever with the auto yeah. move. That was very Russ, but it is it, it feels strong. All right. All right. Uh, we go into Riley. His little brother lost his spot. And then Julie says he probably wasn't good enough. And then Scott Vanderbilt smiles and momentarily their eyes locked. So, wow. Yeah. So some, some little foreshadowing there that we don't see in the film. And um, quick, quick little sidebar sure. about uh, uh, R- Rick Riley's uh, brother. Yes. I, I never really understood why a, we never see him in D3 and like why it's not like, expanded upon like where is he that's is a he good another question. school yeah i would assume that he didn't make the team so he moved to another school to play that would be the most logical reasoning but you would figure maybe he just sticks around and plays jv next year or something yeah or he sticks around and is automatically on the varsity as a senior i assume that's how it is that's how most schools do it if you're a senior if you make the team yeah yeah so but yeah, his his brother, I guess, moves. Maybe he went to public school. He went back to public school. I can't imagine a a Riley in uh, public school. That's true, because their dad is on the board. So you maybe he just went to another private school. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and so I think that'd still be awkward if the dad was on the board of this private school and his own son went to a different school. But I I don't remember. Is Eden Hall a real school? Did you look this up? 
Yeah, Eden Hall is not a real school. Okay, I was going to ask who their like biggest rival is. So the Blake Bears are a real school, though. So maybe he went to Blake. But I, they would have mentioned that whenever they play. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. That would have been a big point of contention. It should have been, yeah. That would have been a good sort of miniature subplot. Yeah. Of Rick Riley's little brother scoring like the game-tying goal or something, but missed opportunity. Uh, back to the novelization. We go into the assembly. They fall into the curtain, and then they go to Buckley's office where they talk about Brazilian fire ants. Buckley says, kids, I need your help. We've got a group of alumni and parents who are upset. They think that because they pay your, they think that because they pay tuition, their kids should get to play. He shook at, he shook his head at the. I can't read right now. He shook his head at the implied unfairness of the idea. What we need is for you to keep those grades up and keep winning those games. Heck, I even expect you'll beat the varsity in the annual JV varsity showdown. What like a? That's a lot of pressure to put on a team. Yeah. B, how could you possibly think that? This team has won how many state championships in a row? Ten. Ten. So he thinks a team that's won ten straight state championships is going to lose to a group of freshmen. Like, Yeah. Who is not good enough to make the varsity team? Because if they were, they would be on the varsity like Banks. Yes. But he just dropped that. That's a, that a good point. Like, theoretically, if, the, if that is what he thinks, then they should all be on the varsity. Yeah. But a lot of pressure from Buckley there, dropping it on him right away, and he just automatically takes the kid's sides. And, I mean, I would, I, there is, I think, a part to it that if you pay for these kids to go to this school and then you just brought in a bunch of ringers, like maybe that's not inherently fair to those kids. But I, I feel like, uh, what's his name, Buckley? Is that what he said? Dean Buckley, Dean yes. Dean Buckley. Um, I feel like he's got a little bit of tibbles in him. Like he sees the marketing value of this like, oh. for the school as a whole. Uh, so he's kind of like playing the long game with them. Okay. Like he knows the notoriety it can bring, even though they've won 10 straight state championships. Like this is a whole other level. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair, especially when you have Gordon Bombay, the pride of Eden Hall, bringing them in initially, and then obviously bolting for a better opportunity, but still brought them in. So some a lot of storylines there, especially if they win a state championship, I feel like that would be big. So Charlie says, like, it shouldn't be a problem. I don't know why. I <laughs> Like, it should be a problem. He's confident. Yeah, so we go to the teacher montage. Angela Delaney, the faculty rep, is also the music teacher and kind of hits on Dwayne here. So Dwayne says, call me cowboy. Miss Delaney put down her list. Right, but Dwayne is such a beautiful name. Dwayne bless Scarlet. Aw, shucks, ma'am. It ain't as beautiful as all that. Sure it is. I think he was talking about the music there in terms of what is beautiful. I think, well, maybe it's like a, like, that's just like a general team, like general term. Like, it's not, you know, it's not all that, you know, like that kind of thing. Maybe saying that. Uh, that is kind of a weird thing to say yeah i don't know so usually i read these and then i take notes and then i do the pod but i haven't read it in a long time so i read it like three weeks ago so i don't really remember the entire you didn't reread it (laughs) no i did not ran out of time (laughs) ran out of time so back to the conversation and sure it is she said i used to hate my name too but some of the coolest cats ever have had some really strange name she rattled them off wolfgang amadeus mozart Igor Stravinsky, Thelonious Monk. And I'll tell you something else. 
You're going to meet all of them in here, and you're going to see their names are cool because they are cool. She paused and smiled, just like you. So, I felt a little awkward reading it, but maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just me. Uh, Elsewhere, Louis Louis, uh, admires Mindy from afar, and then... From afar? That's not like him. Yeah, so Ken is like, snap out of it. Snap out of it. If Rick sees you making eyes at his babe, he's going to kill you. (laughs) Who speaks like that? Apparently, Ken Wu. (laughs) Okay. Ken Wu and uh, Guy, because Guy said, Why you scan my babe in D2 to Louise? (laughs) Anyway, uh, Rick and Cole see them, see Louise admiring Minnie, check Louise in the locker. After Charlie turns around, bumps into Linda Chavez, who asked him to sign the position. So we know Linda's last name is Chavez. Interesting casting. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, I mean, I guess it's he's rewriting it so it makes a little bit more sense, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, that she's not. She's the one that's upset with the demeaning warrior name. Yeah. Yeah, that does make sense. Uh, Yeah. Interesting casting in the film, though. I would, I would agree with that. I think it would make more sense. It yeah. would be a little more interesting too. But I guess this was the '90s, so yeah, yeah not a different time, different time. So they go to practice, have the conversation, confrontation with Orion. He gives the W speech. Orion sees Gaffney's better than Goldberg. Charlie does laps. Ducks do a stick handering drill, and Orion calls Charlie to finally join the team. He falls while going through the cones, and Coach Orion says, This is why we drill, Conway. The heck with you, Charlie muttered under his breath. What did you say? I said, I'm doing my best, lied Charlie. Orion un- upbraided him? That's what it says. Sharply. <laughs> is that what you call it? Because if it is, there's not much point in you sticking around. Charlie was stunned. Hockey was about the only thing in his life that mattered to him. That made him matter. He bit down on his trembling lip. Charlie's even worse in the books. I know. Yeah. Like they, it didn't even take what, like five minutes for him to like already just yeah he's, just start tearing into him. He's falling down. Yeah, he's being a dick, and then he says, "Why are you picking on me?" He asked peevishly. "I'm not," answered Orion. "It only feels that way." Charlie swallowed hard as he watched Orion skate away. <laughs> so yeah. where's Orion going? That's a good question because like, he put everyone in the same drill and then Charlie went through it and he fell down. So I don't know, just to get away from Charlie before he beats him up or something. Uh, and like, what was Charlie expecting? Like a, a clap? Like, yeah, he fell down. <laughs> yeah, I guess he didn't want Orion to say, this is why we drill, which is true. Like, this is why you practice. But I don't know. Charlie... Charlie taking another turn here. He's, he's in a rough mind space. After practice, they go in the locker room. Orion posts the roster. Says, stay away from the varsity until we play them in December. So our theory was that they played the JV varsity showdown like middle of the season during the break because they had a break in the game. So that seems to hold true here. Uh, Col- Charlie goes and visits with Hans. Nothing really changes from there. We cut to Goldberg complaining in the lunch line about be- him being put on the bench, and they describe his plate here. So Goldberg gets meatloaf, potatoes with extra gravy, a ham and cheese sandwich, two ho-hos, three cartons of chocolate milk, 
Cool Ranch Doritos, and pretzels. Sounds good. <laughs> I don't know about the meatloaf with the ham and cheese sandwich combo. Well, I mean, you know, it's a palate cleanser. The ham and cheese sandwich is a palate cleanser. Okay. Okay, yeah. I guess so. Yeah, everything else I think could work together if you really tried. So Charlie plays the horse turd brownie trick. They run around. They go to practice, have the run-in with Orion where Charlie quits the team and whatnot. Or they have another run-in with Orion. Yeah, so Charlie goes to the bunch stop, uh, chats up Linda. So in the plot, they point out that Buckley's also going to be out if the Ducks lose. So maybe some uh, self-preservation from Buckley there. So despite 10 straight state championships, Buckley is out if the Ducks don't win. Yeah, if they lose like one game, he's out. (laughs) As the dean of the school, not like the (laughs) athletic director, the dean of the school. That's That's amazing. Yeah, so... We go to the game. Eden Hall is playing the Blake Barons instead of the Blake Bears. Why? Another unexplainable because there is literally a school called Blake and they are the Bears. Hmm. So maybe they couldn't do it because of that. Who knows? Maybe. So they tie the Blake Bears, obviously famously giving up nine goals in the third period. Their clothes thrown into the shower by the varsity. After the game, Charlie calls Hans, complains about Orion then hangs up on Hans to talk to Linda. And Charlie complains about Orion and the refs to Linda, who, keep in mind, this was her first ever game. <laughs> so, Charlie... Or what Linda, did Linda say? Linda says, it was only my first game, but I think if you could have used a little defense out there. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. dig from Linda. <laughs> I know. Wow. So, Charlie says, great, one game and now you're an expert. No, I'm not, said Linda. Relax, Charlie. It's only a game, right? Ooh, that's the wrong thing to say. Yeah, especially to Charlie. He spun on her and snapped angrily. Right, and it doesn't matter if you win or lose. That's total bull. Linda frowned disapprovingly. Now you sound like a real jock. Maybe I am, said Charlie. Wow. Yeah. That's quite the quite the rocky start for their budding relationship. Yeah, and then she says, I don't like I told you I don't like jocks, and then she turns and walks away. I wait, I thought they were on the phone. That's a good question. <laughs> it, I think he called I think he calls Hans on the phone. Okay. And then he hangs up and Linda is there. Gotcha. If I remember correctly. So we go they get to the varsity dinner, Eden Hall tradition, that kind of stuff. Uh, Riley asked Charlie for his patented move, the spinorama, not the triple D. What? The spinorama is Charlie's new move. Is that even a, a term? It is a term, but it's not like a special move. It's just basically spinning with the puck. Like, it's not- and and also the captain of a team that's won at this point three straight state titles. Yeah. I'm willing would to know how to do that. Exactly. I'm willing to bet Riley would know the spinorama for sure. Like it's like I said, it's something you just kinda learn throughout okay. the years. But yeah, it's not but, the triple D. It's Charlie's patented spinorama move. <laughs> uh such a weird thing to change at this point. Like after hammering home the triple D for yeah, the entire time. That's true. That's true. Speaking of weird things to change, we go to the ant prank and the lookouts on the outside are not Connie and Gee this time. They're Luis and Julie. And Luis couldn't help but admire Julie in her outfit. 
You know you look good in black. Don't go there, Luis. Luis shrugged inside. Luis, very sex wow. crazed here. You, yeah, no kidding. Do do you think that they had done something before and Julie's like, no, let's not go there again? Oh, interesting. Something not shown in the novels or the documentaries. Yeah, we might have to explore this further. Mm-hmm. We might have to do a frame-by-frame breakdown of how Luis and Julie look at each other. But that's for another day. Uh, during the prank, Dwayne finds Cole, and this is the way that they describe Cole being out late. Uh, the parking lot outside the varsity dorm room, one of the cheerleaders climbed out of Cole's car giggling mischievously. Wow. Yeah. Shh. I'm late for lights out, whispered Cole. Just go home and I'll call you whenever. So I don't know if they were doing it or what there, but it certainly is alluded to. Yeah. I think we can all read between the lines there. Yeah. So they put the ants in the room. They all come out. And then for some reason, the JV does all of this in full hockey gear. Because when the varsity tries to escape, they check on them into the wall. And suddenly... Wait, who checks whom? So the JV puts the ants... In the varsity, the varsity comes out and they're itching and stuff like that. And apparently they're trying to like escape. And it says the JV is in full hockey gear and checks the varsity into the wall. <laughs> which means that the JV would have been in full full hockey gear the entire time they did this prank. I, yeah, and it doesn't make any sense because like they dress in black. So if they get caught, nobody will know that it's them. You know, <laughs> yeah. like they're being sneaky. <laughs> yeah. But they have full hockey gear on, so they would be easily identifiable. (laughs) Anyway, so Scooter and Julie, or Scott Vanderbilt, are face-to-face. Sorry about, Julie smiled sweetly. From one goalie to another, save it. She threw a look over her shoulder at Goldberg and shrugged. Just a little goalie humor. So, I don't know. Something something obviously going on besides just that peck on the cheek that we see at the end of the... At we at the end of the film, um, so Varsity gives the challenge: be there at dawn. Uh, Cole crosschecks Goldberg's, and in one of the things they describe during the game is on a breakaway, Connie shoveled the pass to Charlie. Now, a breakaway is when you're behind the defense by yourself. So I don't know how Connie is on a breakaway and passing to Charlie. Maybe behind her? Like drops it behind her? Like to I don't know why she like, would do that. You know, like a trailing guy like in basketball. Like, yeah. You, like go off the backboard or Oh know. yeah, maybe, but yeah. But that just makes no sense in the context of this game where they're trying to win and not be the Harlem Globetrotters. But anyway, uh Charlie and Fulton quit. Fulton goes back, Charlie's visits Hans, and Hans is listening to the game on the radio, and we learn the Warriors are losing to the Oak Crest Cardinals 4-1. to one. So, apparently this one-game loss is coming now, unless they come back, amazingly, but I don't think that happens. Uh, and then they talk about C's and stuff like that, and Hans says, he took away the letter, Charlie. He did not take away what was underneath. <laughs> Charlie was confused. What does that mean? <laughs> Charlie is dull yeah. and dense. And Hans has to go, 
Under the Sea is You, Charlie Conway. Yeah, so? Hans leaned back inside expansively. So just be yourself, Charlie. Be the boy in the pond, loving the game, learning to fly. Be the boy who became a leader and held the ducks together through thick and thin. He shooed him away with his hands. Now go be with the friend, with your friends. You are the heart of the team. At last, Charlie said, I've got to walk. I'll see you later, Hans. I feel like the movie version was a lot better. Yeah, Charlie. The speech was better. Yeah, Charlie definitely kind of got what he was saying, which I think helped a lot. We didn't need an explainer. But so they leave and it says that Charlie goes walking for hours. <laughs> so they're in the snow, but Charlie just, I don't know where he goes, but it just says he's wa- goes walking for hours. And then Hans dies. Bombay comes back. Bombay wakes up Charlie. They go see Orion. And we learn that uh, Orion's daughter was injured in a car accident about five years ago. He was driving. They got side swipes. Oof. Yeah. And then Bombay says, I know Ted since the peewees. When he quit the stars, he came to me to get out of his contract. So... A little thing that they don't, a little connection they don't really explain in the films, but uh, makes a little more sense that he mm-hmm. put Orion on the JV team, or at least uh, influenced him a bit, or at least knows him. So the scholarships get revoked. There's a board meeting. Bombay comes in, and the doors at the back of the room flew open. Gordon Bombay, dressed in his most formidable power suit. <laughs> Strode up the aisle carrying a briefcase. Immediately, the freshman team began chanting, quack, quack. <laughs> yes, quack. I love that. Yeah. So That should have happened in the, in the Yeah, film. a lot more quack chants in this one. So they win the scholarships back, and then Linda comes up to Charlie and says, hi, congratulations. And then Charlie looked at her. Thanks, he said. There was a pause. Listen, he said finally. I'm sorry I was such a jerk. I'm saying in school, and well, his tone was hopeful. I still owe you that Coke. And that was it. And they're just happy together again. Mm-hmm. So, not really explained after their big fight, but apparently it works out for them. So, the JV varsity showdown is pretty boring. They're just mostly describing defensive plays. Uh, there's mo- no mention of Goldberg in the novel playing defense until he makes a play on defense in the JV varsity showdown. So I feel like I'd be very confused if uh, just <laughs> yes. Goldberg, the goalie, Gary Goldberg, is playing defense all of a sudden. Uh, so Banks is crushed. Uh, He's maneuvering a puck up the right wing went across the blue line when three players converged on him. A hard body block stopped him cold. He took a sharp blow to the ribs and an elbow to the face. His head snapped back so hard, his helmet sailed off into the stands. Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> Orion gets mad. He doesn't really say anything funny. And then Connie and Gee carry adam to the bench he says i'm okay he begs orion to take him out orion says you're hurt adam pushed himself defiantly to his feet i'm okay <laughs> so orion says you're hurt adam pushes himself defiantly to his feet i said i'm okay put me back in orion nodded slowly okay <laughs> what a terrible coach like, yeah not looking out for his players yeah i feel like concussion protocol is not followed I mean, it was the 90s, so... That's true. That's true. So, yeah. But it still seemed like 
bank should at least be checked out by a trainer or something. Yes. But uh, so everyone's taking cheap shots from the varsity. Guy Banks, Goldberg, Averman. They finish the second period, and then Charlie pulled up and threw his hands up in frustration. Colds roared up from behind him and threw a blindside forearm to the back of Charlie's head. The two benches emptied and a brawl broke out. This isn't hockey, the radio announcer declared breathlessly. It's war. The two teams are really going at it. It's a bench clear, folks. Well, the refs have just stepped in to restore order. The two teams have headed off to the locker rooms. Two periods down and no score. I don't know. You've got to wonder how long this freshman team can take this pounding. It's been brutal. So bench clearing brawl. That's good. They should have they should not have cut that out. Yeah. So there's obviously the locker room. Portman comes in. Uh Portman Portman comes in with a scholarship and pulls out a pen, grabs Ken Wu, uses as a, uses him as a table and signs the document, their scholarship. And then with no mention really I guess Fulton at the beginning of this one mentions Bash Brothers, but Bash Brothers not mentioned in D2. So Fulton says, Viva la Bash Brothers. <laughs> he says, Viva la Bash Brothers? Yeah. That's terrible. And then he and Portman high five. All right, Portman declared. Let's go dance on their skulls. Uh, one thing about the Portman showing up, and I, I can't remember if we discussed this or not. There's no way that Orion would just let Portman play. Like, he's not that kind of coach. Like... He hasn't yeah. practiced with him. He hasn't yeah. learned defensive fundamentals. Like he, he just wouldn't just throw him out there. Yeah, unless they, for some reason, thought the Ducks' scholarships were still on the line in this game, but that's already been resolved. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know, but Portman's ready to dance on some skulls. <laughs> uh, the JV wins on the Goldberg goal, and then uh, lending credence to this whole Bombay was dead the whole time theory. Uh, it says, booed along by the thronging and swaying of the crowd, Charlie looked up into the stands. For a second, he thought he saw Gordon Bombay. Then he was gone. Vanished. Wow. Yeah. That's heavy. And then apparently Bombay goes down and pulls the lever and unfurls the banner. So it's Bombay who unfurls the banner. That would make sense. Yeah. Or Ghost Bombay. Yeah. Yeah, probably Ghost Bombay. But yeah, that's the end of D3. I would say not quite as entertaining as D2, but more entertaining than D1. I think the the changes were more entertaining. Like the just like the the name changes and stuff like yeah. didn't make any sense and Yeah, that's a good point. There was like the smaller changes were better, but there wasn't like huge storylines like yeah. Gianni the Italian captain or anything. <laughs> but so let's go now to the quack question. If you're unfamiliar with the quack question, you ask us questions, Twitter, Facebook, email. We try to answer them, and we pick the best ones. And this quack question, sponsored by Goldberg's Deli. Try the special, the chopped duck liver on rye, Goldberg's Deli. Family-owned and operated since 1984. Come for the sandwiches. Stay for the family. What is the quack question today? That was beautiful. Um, today's quack question uh, is a very topical one. Uh, it comes from... Chef Wayne Face, Ooh. who's at Chef Wayne Face on Twitter. Um, and the question is, uh, my question, why, why was it so dark in the Eden Hall Arena? You'd think a fancy prep school could afford proper lighting for their rink. I have a theory. Okay. Um, I, I assume he's referring to the first time they play. Yeah, um, at dawn. So 
I think the reason for that is, um, I don't know about you, but I remember in our like basketball arena, uh, in high school, you needed like a special key to turn mm-hmm. the lights on. So it was either a, they were doing this because they didn't want to get caught. So they didn't want to draw attention to it or B, they didn't have the key to turn the lights on. Yeah. I like that. We talked with D3 director, Rob Lieberman about that. He talked about putting windows into the rink oh, to that's get right. more light. And, uh, yeah, so Obviously, you're not going to have a lot of windows in most hockey rinks. I like your no-key theory. The other thing is those lights above the rink, they take a while to sort of warm up and actually like fully turn on. So I think that would be part of it. So like they didn't have somebody there that showed up two hours early to turn the lights on? Yeah, and maybe, yeah, maybe it came on after they got in the fight and whatnot, but... The key makes sense too. Yeah, they don't want to get caught. Obviously, they still do get caught, but uh, I think a combination of both. Maybe they didn't have the key initially, and then Orion comes or somebody comes to try to turn on the lights. Maybe finds them, turns on the lights, but it's still dark because the lights haven't warmed up. So, there's your answer. What was that guy's name? I liked it. Chef Wayne Face. Chef Wayne Face. That's that's a good one. I enjoyed it. There's your answer. For us, thequackattack.com, at quackattackpod on Twitter, facebook.com slash quackattackpod. Go to iTunes, give us five stars, tell us your favorite thing that was in the novels that was not in the films. Go to the shop, get your merch, get your shirts, get the originals, the Air Bombay, the Minnesota Miracle Man, the Quack Light, plenty of designs for to choose from. Click through the Amazon link, keep buying stuff, and we get a little percentage of that, which helps. And remember, ducks fly together. Quack, quack. <laughs>